Porn Free Radio, episode 201. So I thought I had told every story about my recovery journey on Porn Free Radio. We've done 200 episodes, so you'd think I would have told everything. But I was working on my new book, and I was reminded of a small story that I don't think I've shared here. And here's the setup for it. I had had a relapse. This was after a few years in recovery. So it wasn't right at the beginning. This was after I had gotten some significant recovery uh, where I had started leading a group. So this relapse was one of those relapses that you feel extra foolish for because you know better. And you've even, you know, done a lot of hard work in recovery. And I remember waking up that morning and it was one of those memories like, did that, did that happen last night? Did I, did I look at stuff? And it was like, oh my gosh, I realized it's true. I did look at stuff. And I was so rushed to get to work that day. I couldn't connect with my wife. I, I didn't reach out to any friends. I mean, it was what, 7.30 in the morning. And uh, so I just did what we normally do. I kind of tried to suppress these feelings of shame and, you know, the sort of hangover of being up late. And I jumped in my car and I rushed to work. Now, my work at the time was right next to a Starbucks. And you guys know me, I love coffee. So I hit that Starbucks twice a day. I'd usually hit it in the beginning of the morning. And then I'd go back and they'd give me free refills. They would, you know, the baristas all knew me and uh, I brought my own cup and it was a whole thing, you know, and, um, so I walk in just normal, you know, I'm still feeling kind of beat up from the night before I haven't processed anything. And I see my favorite barista, Kevin and, um, Kevin and I chatted a lot when I came in and, you know, he just said something normal, you know, like, how are you, Matt? And for some reason that question just kind of pierced me. Like, you know, sometimes how you, you know, how you automatically respond like fine. And I think that's probably what I said. Only the question stuck with me. It kept repeating in my mind. How am I? How am I today? I realized I'm not fine. I'm not fine at all. I'm a mess. And as this started sinking in, I, like tears started coming to my eyes and I, I like, I like had to grab the coffee. I, you know, whatever said something to Kevin and, and busted through the door and was in the parking lot and just tears were coming to my eyes. And it was because I just felt so foolish and so beat up. <laughs> and, you know, the reason why I, um, Remember this story is we were talking in one of the rev groups this week about what's what's self-care. And I was expecting to have a discussion about, you know, meeting the real needs underneath or, you know, maybe something physical about getting sleep or being healthy or, you know, having good habits, you know, that kind of stuff. I was thinking we would talk about that. But this theme emerged about being kind to yourself, recognizing your worth, investing in activities that are restorative. The guys talked about this idea of, of just really treating yourself with compassion. And I'm thinking back to that Starbucks moment and 
you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about tools, you know, using filters and consequences and strategies and things like that. But it's easy to forget that sometimes what we really need and that we're desperate for is compassion. That the isolation and the aloneness that we feel when we go to porn and porn behaviors, especially if we've been working hard to let go of them, is overwhelming. And it's hard. And I, I, I guess I forget that sometimes. You know, I forget those moments early in recovery where, you know, it feels like we're having more failures and setbacks than successes and victory. So today we're talking about being kind to yourself, about having compassion and finding self-care. Let's start the show. Porn Free Radio. Gentlemen, you're listening to me right now. You and I are together. I'm there. I'm in your headphones, I'm in your stereo, your Bluetooth, whatever. We're there together. You know, I'm on the treadmill with you or wherever you are at right now. That's the best part about a podcast. There's a community aspect to it. I'm going to break that down. All right, I'm not going to rap for you today. Don't worry. But I'm amped up. Look, here's another way to look at it. Man, I love the hook on that song. That's good. What up? This is for motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn. And just even if you and I are in this conversation right now, I'm talking, you're listening to me. We're together. I'm saying, dude, come on, man. I want you to feel good enough. I want you to feel loved at your core. I want more for you. loved and hey your life doesn't have to be defined by your porn addiction gentlemen we're not alone in this well welcome to porn free radio i'm your host matt Dobshoots. this is the podcast where motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn come to get hope and take action and uh, i gotta admit man this this episode i've tried to record about a dozen times this week it's just been a struggle just talking about the need for self-compassion, the need for self-kindness is such a crucial message. So we're going to talk about it today. I don't have notes. I'm just going to kind of uh, freestyle it here. Before we get into it, I just wanted to announce that I'm going to launch two new Rev groups this summer. One is going to be a late night group on Tuesday nights. So if you're in the Western time zone of the United States or the mountain time zone, you're going to want to go to recoveredman.com slash rev and apply to be in the late night group because it's going to be at a great time for you. I think it's going to be 7.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, 8.30 p.m. Uh, mountain time. So, you know, some guys I know have had trouble in the rev groups because 
they're just getting out of work when the rev group starts. So we're going to do a late night Tuesday night group. Uh, also, we're going to do a Tuesday afternoon group. It's going to be at 2 p.m. in the United States. So if you have a flexible schedule or you can ma manage to get that hour off, that would be a great group to get into. It's also great if you're in the European Union, if you're in England, if you're in South Africa, the Middle East, it's going to be right around, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock your time. So go to recoveredman.com slash rev to apply. And you can always apply to one of the three groups that meet at 8 p.m. Uh, Central on Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday. There's spots that come up in those every once in a while. So get on the waiting list for one of those groups or sign up for one of the new groups. Go to recoveredman.com slash rev. Don't do this alone. Get into a rev group. Okay. I asked the question, what is self-care? And, um, you know, I was kind of thinking more of, of kind of meeting needs and, you know, sort of um, looking at the needs underneath our feelings and things like that. Um, but when we were talking in discussion, the guys just kept talking about the need to be compassionate. And I was thinking that this is one of the early challenges of recovery is that we desperately need grace and care in this process because it's hard. We're letting go of a coping mechanism and a behavior that feels good. That's something for years that we use to survive with and we're letting go of it. And there's a loss there. You know, I've had guys share in recovery groups and rev groups that they miss porn. And is that okay to feel? Uh, one guy said he felt like he was grieving the loss of porn because it was so ingrained in his habits. It was such a go-to for all the negative feelings in his life. It was such a, you know, an escape or a salve for the pain that letting go of it was hard. And it almost felt like taking the anesthesia off, you know, getting rid of the painkillers. And what's left? The pain, the chaos. You know, so, um, so the guys just started talking about confession. Oh, confession. Look at, I don't even know what I'm talking about. C compassion. And... Um, and it's such a hard thing. In some ways, it's a skill that we have to learn. Because one of the reasons we stayed stuck in porn is we were in a shame cycle. We would resolve to not look at porn. Then something would happen in which we, you know, engaged, you know, either edging behavior or had an obsessive thought that we kind of followed down the rabbit hole. And the next thing you know, we're binging, and then we have all of this regret and remorse that we went against our resolution, that we went against what we had decided to do. And there's a ton of shame that comes with that. The feeling of failure, the feeling of setback. Um, there's a whole bunch of mistaken beliefs that come along with that. You know, I mean, how many times have you said after a relapse that you realize that you say something like, I guess this is just who I am? Like, I'm just broken. 
I had all these tools in my life and all these things set up and I still did this. I blew through all my boundaries. And so we're really harsh on ourselves because, you know, let's face it, we've just known failure and there's this sense of extra shame from just experiencing that failure over and over. And we're hard on ourselves. I once was working with a guy who uh, was a religious leader and he, uh, you know, ministered to people and, and his congregation and um, he had had a slip and he said something like, this is unacceptable. I'm a disgrace, right? He was just feeling the weight of his, you know, of his failure, but then also feeling this extra amount of shame because of his position. And I remember, I don't remember the exact things he said, but the harshness of his words were very sharp and very jagged. You know, he had nothing kind to say about himself. You know, and I asked him, what if there was a man sitting in front of him in his office looking for some pastoral care? What would he say to him? And of course, when he when he thought of it outside of himself, he was filled with compassion at that thought. You know, he had these things that he would tell him about God's grace and about, um, you know, what we need in this situation, you know, what we need to do and how, um, how there's still hope. But yet he could not transfer those kind words, that affirmation, that encouragement, he could not receive it. He couldn't transfer it to his own situation. And I think that's how a lot of us are. You know, if I called you from that Starbucks parking lot, just about anybody who listens to Porn Free Radio, I mean, you, you guys are great. You guys encourage me all the time. I mean, I mentioned that I'm struggling with something you know, on a podcast, I'll get a couple emails right away encouraging me, right? So I don't doubt that I could pick up the phone and call you right now from the Starbucks parking lot, tell you what happened last night, and you would have something to say. Maybe it would be encouraging. Maybe it would be, hey, man, I've been there before. But you'd have something to say. You wouldn't reject me. You wouldn't curse me. You wouldn't say you're hopeless, you're a disgrace. Matt, you're the porn-free radio guy, you're a disgrace. You're disgusting. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say that to me. What would you do? You'd express love to me. You'd express acceptance, affirmation, care. But yet, to ourselves, we walk around judging ourselves. And I'm not saying, I don't want you to let yourself off the hook. If you, you know, crossed boundaries and lied and hid and did some stuff that really was unsafe, I mean, I don't want you to excuse some of those choices. But judging yourself, staying in that shame cycle, cursing yourself, that is not going to help you press into the care that you need or the connection that you need. 
let's face it, a lot of times when we feel uh, like a failure, we don't want to reach out. We don't have the, the, the tools and habits to reach out. One of the reasons why I encourage guys to talk and connect on a regular scheduled basis with guys in recovery, either through going through a group or you know informal uh, but scheduled meetings with your accountability partner or accountability group, the reason why I encourage scheduling it is because we are not in the habit of asking for help when we need it. But if it's on the calendar and it's regular and consistent, we're more likely to say what's really going on. So if we're getting into that darker place, if we're starting to isolate, we're more, uh, we're more able to talk about it before we go down the rabbit hole. And even if we go down the rabbit hole, just having something on the calendar makes us just take more ownership of it quicker. I don't know how many guys have come to Rev Group and they said, you know, I had a slip yesterday. And if I didn't have this group, I probably be relapsing all week. It's because in the group, guys are honest. And we know that there's care available, that there's affirmation, that there's encouragement, that there's hope. You know, that's one of the biggest reasons to be in a group. I know I started by talking about these new groups that I'm forming, but if you don't have a place where you can hear some affirmation, some compassion, some empathy coming back at you, it's really tough if you struggle with loving yourself, if you struggle with perfectionism, if you struggle with self-cursing. Because where else do you get that kind of love and care other than in a recovery group with other people on the journey? You know, how many guys have gone to your wife and tearfully confessed how you screwed up only to have to manage her feelings because she's traumatized by what happened? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, have to help her heal and that you can't, you know, that you don't take ownership for some of the trauma and some of the pain you've caused. But what if you acted out of your own pain? Where does that go? If anything, sometimes I remember telling my wife about a, a slip or a relapse or a reset. And I was filled with shame. It wasn't even repentance. You know, repentance is sort of turning away from the, the, the sin or returning away from the behavior and, and making a full, you know, kind of 180 degree turn. I'm sure I felt some of that, but I know what I really felt. I felt shame. Not from her. It was internal. I felt like I was unlovable. And this just proved it. This failure. So learning self-care is a skill. <laughs> learning how to love yourself is a skill. And it's not this it's not woo-woo self-help. This is really simple. It's about treating yourself with compassion. Just like if someone in front uh, was sitting in front of you poured their heart out about how they've been struggling. You know, how would you respond to them? You need to treat yourself the same way you would treat 
that other man. Think of it like this. Some of you guys who are fathers, think if your child made a mistake. They stole something, you know, or they got a detention at school. They were filled with shame about it. You know, they felt stupid. They didn't know why they did it. You know, they, they were wor- they're worried that you're disappointed in them. And you might be a little bit, but, but they're worried that maybe you don't love them or you're not going to love them because of what happened. Well, how would you respond? Would you respond by being harsh and yelling and punishing them? There might be some consequence. There might be some punishment, but would you just, you know, go after them? Especially what if they came to you and told you what happened? No, I think a lot of you guys would have some sort of compassion. You might talk about the boundaries and the consequences, but you would want to keep connection. You would want to reassure them that they're loved no matter what they've done. And yet, when we do something, we fall into that black and white thinking. You know, it's kind of all or nothing. There's a great quote uh, that Henry Nouwen wrote in The Inner Voice of Love. And it's this. When you suddenly, when suddenly you seem to lose all you thought you had gained, do not despair. You must expect setbacks and regressions. Don't say to yourself, all is lost. I have to start all over again. This is not true. What you've gained, you have gained. When you return to the road, you return to the place where you left it, not where you started. When I think about that all or nothing thinking, that really plays into the idea that we're worthless, that we're unlovable. But the truth is, even when we have a setback in our recovery, even when we make a foolish mistake, we're not back at zero. If anything, that feeling that we're back at zero keeps us stuck and alone. We're worried we're going to lose the respect or love of people in our lives. We're worried that we're going to look like a failure. I remember one time a guy came to a group and said, Matt, I'm sorry I disappointed you. And he was telling himself a story that if he told me that he relapsed or slipped, that I would somehow lose respect for him or be disappointed personally. But that feeling was just keeping him isolated and alone. It actually still put him at risk. You know, feeling that his his sobriety, you know, um, or lack of sobriety could disappoint me. That, 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 that makes his love, the love that I had for him, you know, contingent on his performance, not on his worth or value. The truth is we can always return to the road quickly and pick up where we left off. And, you know, we do need to be honest with ourselves when we make a mistake. 
you know, and it's, it's self-care actually to assess what you were feeling, what the needs were that you were trying to meet, and then take the, take an action to figure out how to start meeting those needs. If you ignore the needs in your life and suppress them, then you will go back to porn again and again. I mean, how many times has, has someone after a relapse gone, you know, I really need to get rid of that device or I really need to get into one of those groups. But yet a day goes by, a week goes by and you don't take that action and then you end up in the same place. That's an example of suppressing the need that you have. Maybe the need is a stronger boundary. Maybe the need is more connection. Maybe the need is a place where you can experience affirmation, encouragement, where you can get good, healthy feedback. But if you delay, procrastinate, don't take action, you end up in the place where you're stuck. All is not lost. Well, I'm going to put a pin in this episode, but I'm looking forward to the next few episodes. Um, One of the cool things is, is we have Jay Stringer on the calendar, the interview calendar. I'm actually going to interview him tomorrow. I'm recording this on June 27th. And so I'm hoping that episode comes out the first week in July. And, And then after that, I'm going to do an episode where I answer your letters. So now a couple of you guys have written me a few times and uh, just know that I've queued up some of those letters for that episode. Uh, I think that'll be in episode 203. Um, But if you want to send a question to me, send a question at matt at recoveredman.com. Now, I can't promise that I'll make it part of that episode, but I would love to hear your questions and see if there's something that that maybe would be worth uh, breaking down on the podcast. Uh, One of the greatest uh, gifts Uh, You know, I was just sitting down with another podcaster this week and encouraging him about his podcast. One of the greatest gifts to to me in this podcast was when you guys started engaging with me. Uh, A lot of podcasters, they don't hear a lot from their audience. They don't have people signing up for their mailing list. They don't have people sending in questions. And uh, they end up talking to a wall a lot. You know, they're they're just hit record and they're talking to a wall. Uh, And I don't, I haven't had to do that for four, four and a half years because you guys always are sending notes and encouraging me and sending questions. And, uh, that totally, uh, just as engaged It engages me, but it, it keeps the podcast just, uh, moving. So if you have a question, send an email to Matt at recoveredman.com and, uh, I'll be reading questions in the episode 203 in a couple of weeks. So Until then, guys, take hope, take action, and be kind to yourself.